back corner <laughs> when I'm not presenting. Listening in. And listen in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bash University Live here on Tuesday night. Take a quick break. Watch John Cruz's on the Tokyo rig. Be a part of the show. Get some chances to win some awesome prizes. Bash you go. You know, we didn't have that back then. And, 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 dude, it can just... That text thread gives me so much energy. I mean, like I'm dialing. Welcome to Bass University Live. Uh, good to have you guys with us tonight. Uh, really excited a, about tonight's show. We're getting knee deep into fishing season. It's happening. It's happening all over the country. The MLF guys just got done uh, smashing them on Rayburn. I guess you could say smashing them. Rayburn was a little bit challenging. We've got the Bassmasters heading down to Florida just in a couple weeks. My buddy Ike uh, is just driving down there now, getting ready to take on uh, the St. John's River. We will be down there at the St. John's River. So make sure to come by and see us at the Bash University tent. And uh, we're going to have some seminars going on at the Bash University or the Bass Master stage down at the Harris Chain. So a lot, a lot of great stuff uh, going on in fishing. It's going to be a great show tonight. We've got Ryan Salzman from Huntsville, from Pickwick, uh, has qualified for the BP tour he's going out there and getting after it um this upcoming or this year right now and uh, is a stud on pickwick and a guide and is a swim bait phenom has a system for fishing swim baits in current all through the different seasons uh in different conditions current lakes you name it we're going to be talking swim baits hollow bellies and uh and a lot of you know his whole system on swim baits so it's going to be a great seminar from him and of course we've got the champ michael neal fresh off of his win in the uh in major league fishing uh down there on, on rayburn the lake was low there's barely any grass uh forward facing sonar played a big role in that one too so we are going to be talking about that uh tonight it's all going on tonight at bash university live so glad you guys could be here with us hanging out with us talking fishing and uh, we got us got us up and running. I missed the cue, Riz, but I got it. I got it in late. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Just another uh, flawless execution here from the <laughs> from the BU Live Studios. Wonder uh, Team, you, know, you were you were on you were on point there, Pete. We uh, I, I brought the double guns in a little late, so you were uh, you were you were good to go. Yeah. Uh, that that's good. We got a little hand signal system when we're zooming in like we are tonight. And uh, appreciate you being with us tonight, BTC, getting yeah. us up and running. Yeah, man. Nice to be here, Peter. You know, another Tuesday night. And uh, I don't have any, anything else to say. Cheers, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for this one because we got Salzman on. We, uh, we're getting to talk a little bit about swim bait fishing, which is one of those things that I feel like when you really add it to your arsenal, you can throw a swim bait in a lot of the same scenarios that you would throw other baits, like spinner baits, chatter baits um even crankbaits um and uh you know 
target uh, one, a different size of fish because you can throw some bigger profile baits, but also get bites that other guys aren't getting because you're you're showing those fish something a little bit different. It, it's caught on a lot in the last few years, but it's not really um, it's not really explosive yet with the hollow belly swim baits. So uh, I'm excited to hear 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 what he has to say and dive in on that with him. Well, the, the, I, the, I was part of the hollow belly explosion with the bass tricks, uh, which was, it just exploded onto the scene from coming from the West coast and, and, uh, you know, took us all by storm. I, I threw it a lot and it's, I, you know, JK, I guess the swim bait is probably, uh, of all the artificial lures, it's, it's probably the most realistic bait that we throw, like compared to a spinner bait or a chatter bait or even a crank bait, the swim bait with that boot tail, uh, the soft plastic variety, it's one of the most realistic baits out there. No doubt. And, you know, one of the things that I can remember when that hollow belly explosion came on about, well, gosh, was that 15 years ago now, somewhere around then? It was it, the mid, yeah. two, mid to late 2000s, and you guys were traveling the country, catching them everywhere, and like, oh, man, a smallmouth won't eat a swim bait. Oh, my gosh. I can remember in 2013, 14 in the All-American I caught my biggest fish, five and a half pound or five and a quarter pound smallmouth on a hollow belly swim bait. The coolest thing about it is it's, it's kind of like, maybe we can talk to Salzy about this tonight. It's kind of forgotten about. They're, the Kitek style swim baits are huge now. People are into the hard swim bait scene. The glide bait scene is hot right now. And in my, and in my opinion, the hollow belly is kind of the forgotten bait among all the swim baits yet it's arguably one of the most versatile the amount of ways you can rig it that's it true. becomes different bait you take one thing and just by what jig head or style of hook so many things you can make one swim bait you know and i and i, I can't wait to talk to salsa because he's somebody who hasn't forgotten about the hollow belly and i know he's going to talk yeah. about other swim baits too but I'm excited, man. I love hollow bellies. Always have. Yep. I've hoarded them. I've got tons <laughs> of them. And somehow they have fallen out of my rotation. And guess what? I don't think they stopped catching fish anytime recently. No. So they're going to be back. They're going to be super, back in your rotation. Yeah, and, for uh, sure. You know, it's it's going to be after tonight, especially. And I, I love that. I love the action of, of, of some of those baits are so cool and i always look for the ones that had the dual action they had the boot tail kicking but yet the front of the bait was rolling yeah. and yeah. you had that you had that dual action going on that bait which which made it fantastic it's a fun and, bite and then too. we did like you said the smallmouths crush it it's just it's a great tool for big fish and and catching a lot of fish so really psyched about uh, talking to him about that and we're going to dive into other things you know like the tennessee rivers Man, that's where he cut his teeth. There's a lot going on. What are the fish going to be doing over the next couple of months? All you guys that live, you know, on Chickamauga and Gunnersville and Pickwick, what you know, even Kentucky Lake. How are you going to be catching over the next couple of uh, months? It's all it's all happening. It's all getting fired up right now. So it's going to be a great conversation. And we got a lot going on, guys. Get over, get subscribed. If you haven't done it yet, we still have our sixty day. We've extended it. We have sixty days free trial and. Uh, and we also have a scene red promotion going on. Ooh. If you want to get our best DR annual subscription, 
Uh, we have a great uh, red lure pack, including a, a DT6 and Demon color, a red colored chatterbait and a missile baits trailer um, for your chatter, chatterbait. It's, it's a nice little seeing red tackle pack. Nice. So go check that out and get yourself signed up. And we've got Ryan has agreed hey, to give away $200 gift packs. Wait, what? Two $100 <laughs> gift packs tonight uh, of his swim baits. And I yep. uh, really appreciate him for that. So we've, we've got a lot going on for giveaways. What else do we have going on tonight, Riz? Yeah, so uh, as always, guys, we're going to have two Gills Gear gift cards uh, to give away during the live show uh, for some questions that get through to the message board. Um, and also, like Pete just said, we got two prize packs from uh, True Bass Swim Baits that yeah. Ryan was gracious enough to give to us to give uh, for a giveaway. And uh, one of those is going to be for the Facebook like and share. So if you're watching over there on Facebook, uh, like and share tonight's feed, and you'll get entered in for a chance to win. That's going to be about a fifty dollar uh, True Bass Swim Baits prize pack. And then for the Bashu TV subscribers, we got a hundo hundred dollar prize pack from True Bass Swim Baits and. Uh, Guys, if you haven't uh, checked out the True Bass swim baits, give them a look, man. These uh, these swim baits are legit. I got to throw them uh, a few years ago, a couple years ago with uh, with Ryan and uh, on on Pickwick, and they work flat out. Catch them. So uh, if you want a chance to win those awesome prizes, guys, you got to be on the Bashu TV message board. Uh, like Pete said, it's a great time to get signed up. Sixty days for free, and really, guys, this is the time of year where you need to be sharpening the pencils getting dialed in, getting ready to go. I, I'm itching to get out there. I know a lot of the guys on the message board probably are too. You know, football season's coming to an end. What the heck else do you got to watch on TV <laughs> at night? Fire up the Bashu TV, watch a seminar while you're cooking dinner, after dinner, whatever. Let's take your fishing to the next level. We want to help you guys catch more big bass, so head over to Bashu.tv and join the family today. Bam. Bam. I'm ready to go subscribe. Yeah. Who are you picking in, in uh, next weekend's game? I say the Bengals cannot be stopped. I got the Oilers. The oh. Oilers? <laughs> the Bengals are Go in the Rams, Super Bowl? Baby. <laughs> Houston Go Oilers. Rams. Yeah. Let's Eddie go. George, man. He can't be stopped. <laughs> uh, I love it. Talk to, talk to me, Bash, you people. Who, who's winning this Super Bowl? The Bengals? Um, I'm for maybe. I got a Georgia Bulldog and a quarterback and running back tandem on the Rams, so I'm all in for those guys. Paulie, Paulie B on the message board saying, we need the Bay to freaking thaw out, Riz. And I agree, Paulie B. Yes, we do need the Bay to thaw out. We need, we need everybody to grab their hairspray and their aerosol cans and go outside and spray it, aim it right at the ozone layer, <laughs> and we'll warm this place up. Oh man, <laughs> I was kidding. Yeah. Because once, once, once the ice melts, we no longer watch the football game. I wasn't going to watch no anyhow, so <laughs> I guarantee no you that. Longer, no, no longer cares. Hey so, Pete, uh, I, I but, got a, I got a quick observation before you take us to commercial break. Justin, that that outlet got me once again. I was cleaning the screen off here, and there's that outlet over your left hand shoulder, <laughs> our right, your left. <laughs> Got me again. And then, Pete, it seems like there's a plaque missing over your left shoulder as well. Everything's nicely organized. And what's that? Why is there a hole right there? I, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a secret. It's an Easter egg. Who can figure it out? I know. I, it's it's the one that you're going to put in there this year after you win a freaking oh. open and fish, fish, you know, the whole northern division and get back in the classic. That's what it's going to be for. How, how long's that wall, Pete? How long's that, that they go to the right? 
they're four four deep to the wall. So there's one more. Okay. That's gotta it. put one more. Oh, no, no, we got two more. Right. That's, uh, that's five deep, man. Yeah. Yep. That's five deep. Got one more to make fifteen plaques. Yep. Well, we got then, some. We got some hanging up over there. <laughs> and then, we, and we got our, uh, we got our uh, strand series. I don't know if you can nice. see that over there. Okay. But need some crown molding, but yeah, it looks good. Hey, it fills it, it, you know, fills me with confidence when I'm in here working on bashy stuff. I need the motivation, right? You know, right on. I need, I need, I need to remind myself that, you know, we, we can, we can bring people with us. We can, we can keep going with this culture of championship fishing that we have at Bash University. So, yes, we got to keep this going. (laughs) Now, I love you, BTC. We got, we got to get you in, in that zone. Uh, and you you had some wins this year, BTC last yeah. year. I mean, yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I like where I'm at. I like where I'm at. Doing, awesome. doing my thing. Brian's very, like very Christopher cool. Columbus of bass fishing. Right That's now. right. Like he's, he's dude's fished more new lakes in two years than anybody could wave a stick at. I mean, like, I'll talk to him on a Monday. He's like, yeah, I was like. That's some lake three and a half hours south in Maryland. <laughs> you know, never been there, but yeah. just figured go and figure them out. Yeah, I, I like, it's awesome. Yeah, I like new adventures. Slinging swim baits I, from know, coast to coast. That's right. <laughs> I love that too. I love going to a new body of water. I love when we have a new body of water on the tournament trail. It's just, and I love that 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 scouting on a brand new body of water that yes. you never laid eyes on before. You don't have a tournament right in front of you, and you're just kind of you know, looking at things for the first time. It's, it's one of my favorite things to do. And, um, you know, I don't fish as many tournaments these days, so it's, I don't get to do that as much. We're going to we keep recycling the same bodies of water, but, uh, but this is, that's something I want to do too this year is, is get out and fish in different places. So I love what you're doing. BTC. Yeah, remember that feeling you had back, back way back in the day when, you know, taking someone home for the first time, <laughs> that anticipation and excitement, <laughs> the brand newness of it. I'm just kidding. All right. Take us to commercial quick. <laughs> Quickly. I, I thought we were talking about bodies of water. Bodies. Ryan Salzman coming back after the break. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take a quick break, guys. Hang in there with us. We got Ryan Salzman. We're talking swim baits. So hang in there with us. Let's talk swim baits. We'll be right back after this. underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That's made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. 
Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out during a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hooks that boom goes to dynamite. obsessed. There's no place on earth we'd rather be than right here, right now. Performance-driven gear, so you can fish longer, harder. Gills Performance Fishing. <laughs> hey guys, welcome. Welcome back, Ryan. Ryan is giving us a little comedy break here on, uh, on our commercial break and uh we're glad to have you guys back with us it's going to be a great show um later on tonight we've got uh michael neal who just won on on uh sam rayburn in texas and the major league fishing uh but right now we've got ryan salzman he's uh, a guide on pickwick he's a champion fisherman about to take on the bass pro tour and we've interviewed him at the classic before and we're super psyched to have you back on the show tonight buddy how are you I'm doing great, Pete. Thanks for having me. And it's, it's it's crazy to think back and look back where I was when I interviewed you the first time and where I am now. If you told me two years from now I'd be on the BBT, I would have just laughed. You know, I didn't. It wasn't something I just I thought that, you know that would happen that fast. So I just feel very humbled and honored to be there. Uh, that's that's a that's a tremendous accomplishment, and you had a great year. What, give us what was your favorite part of last year qualifying for the BPT? My favorite part was realizing I did it at the end of the season um, and I was finishing third in the AOI because I, I kind of, just to be full transparency, you know, um, I had a few health issues last year, actually. Like, so if anybody knows me, if they see me on camera, um, sometimes they see me eating oatmeal and stuff like that. I was bitten by a tick that gave me a syndrome called alpha gal and it messes up your immune system real bad. And long story short, it gave me a low thyroid issue, and it, it hit me really hard in the middle of last season. So, right. were, is is that the one where you can't eat steak anymore? Yes. Oh, dude, sorry, man. Man. You know? So, so what, what happened? What does it do to you? Is it the, what? What are the symptoms? As how are you able to compete with it? So I meal prep all my food, you know, because um, mammal byproducts are in everything. Every processed food has mammal byproducts in it. Um, so my selection is very slim. I eat very pure. I mean, if you looked at like the Atkins diet, that's pretty much my diet. Chicken, fish, you know, mm. veggies, nuts, apples. Um, but yeah, so it messes up your immune system a little bit and you can have, you know, other autoimmune issues pop up and I ended up getting a low thyroid. And then middle of the season, um, it started happening on lake uh, murray like my motor skills like were weird and i was having some weird things happen like and so i went to the doctor and did all my blood work i had low thyroid and then going to the potomac i was just getting on that medication and i actually had to go to the hospital on one of the days of practice and i i only caught one fish on the potomac river and it but it was a six pounder and i was like well if i caught a six pounder on the potomac there's probably it's for a reason so and i caught it on a jig on a post on a dock so I said, well, I guess I'm going to fish the post on dock for the entire tournament. And um, <laughs> long story short, I finished like 12. <laughs> Holy smokes, man. Yeah. 
and uh, but that that tournament, I mean, I had some really good finishes, you know, top ten at Okeechobee, but that one stands out the most to me because it, I really reached a different place of my mental toughness in that tournament because it was literally it was all I could do for the next flip. Like I just had to focus on the strength for the next flip and fighting that fish, and and I had to get people to help me carry my bag to the scales. I was just that weak because if you don't know about your thyroid, it just zaps your energy and you're exhausted. Wow, man, so, oh man. I mean, it, it uh, speaks volumes to to me because we, you know, it's the the no excuses, right? I, I bought my son this uh, motivational poster series, and it's got four of them, but one of them is no excuses, and and that that's you know we're all everybody's battling something. If you're if you think you're dealing with something tough, there's somebody out there uh, being successful, uh, dealing with some really really tough conditions, and man, that was. That was really you this year, man. Con con congratulations on qualifying, but man, you did it under the burden of, of dealing with all that medical stuff. That that makes that accomplishment even greater. It is, man. It, it's it's really it's really amazing. But I mean, and, and this sounds cliche, and but I really I couldn't have done it without Jesus Christ, man. And that last year I really found my faith because there were days like I felt like I couldn't go. Like there was like I was so tired. Like you just sit down and you cry, and you're like I don't know what to do, and you just lean on Him. And I swear in the Potomac River, that's the only way I got through that tournament. I was just so exhausted. And um, the final day, I made day three, and they finally got some more medication called in for me and got that figured out. And um, I ended up catching like a six and three quarter on the last day there. So it was kind of – and um, that kind of just propelled me into – I could have went home feeling like crap, but I was – I had the choice to go home, but I was halfway to St. Lawrence. I, I made a decision since, you know, I made a good check there to just drive on straight to the St. Lawrence, even though I wasn't feeling that great. It was like a 10 hour drive. And the, the, that's when all the BPT guys were up there practicing. So it was a little bit of foreshadowing. It was kind of cool. I was out there, you know, scouting my lake, but all the BP tech, B, BPT guys were buzzing around me. And I was like, well, this is what it feels like to practice with the BPT guys. <laughs> and I will tell you, they're ruthless. They don't care if you're somewhere, if you're where they want to go, they'll go practice right next to you. They don't care. Oh, awesome. You were in a tournament. I was I was up there practicing for the Pro Circuit event, which was okay. about a month later than the uh, the Bass Pro Tour. Gotcha. So, but had I not went and put that up there to St. Lawrence, I would not have had. I finished, um, I think, twelfth or fifteenth in the St. Lawrence. Um, but had I not gone up there, I, I wouldn't have had that solid finish because I put in a solid four or five days of just scanning that river. And everything I caught in that tournament was what I found in free practice. Wow, wow, that's pretty. That's pretty impressive. And and you, all, you know, uh, a couple things. Number one, there there clearly was some divine intervention because this year there's not that many six pounders in the Potomac River swimming around. So Man, I'll two, tell you, you, you got you two of them. It's pretty amazing. Two in a week, and um, I had I lost one more in the same place. Like where I caught the first six pounder it was like a dock over. I had one straight in my jig hook. And I don't know how big it was, but it was it was a bass. Wow. Well, it's it's historically a great fishery. Just wasn't great this year, you know. And so you, you did amazing yeah. being some of those big ones. And and I and I look forward to uh seeing the aggressive behavior from the BPT guys on your TikTok uh channel. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll film them. <laughs> uh, but it, it was, you know, I was just more observing because I didn't care, you know. I was like, let me just kind of see how they go about things, you know. I mean, I, I'm, I was in contention at that point to make it. But, you know, you have one bad tournament. I was an eighth going into the final tournament. So I could have fell out or, you know, or moved. I ended up moving up, right. thankfully. Yeah. 
And that's awesome. And and shout out to you for your uh, like I I love watching your sonar tutorials. Um, and pick, you know, showing people how to use uh, side imaging and, and picking stuff out. Uh, you're, obviously, you're 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 advanced, and and you need to be, you know, the, you know now you need to be really good in that area. You you you're you seem to be ahead of the game there. Yeah. So, man, I can't tell you how fun it has been my journey from college fishing to the Bass Pro Tour. I had an HDS before the side scan, side scan came out, it was like the year side scan came out, I had a Lowrance. So I've had it since the inception of side scan with Lowrance, and I've always been with Lowrance, and I've never left it, which I think is huge. So once you get with an electronic system that you're comfortable with, stick with it, even through the highs and lows of techn technological challenges, the more you jump around, the more your, you know, your eyes are trained on the, you know, that specific unit on what things look like. So if you're a hummingbird guy, and you're used to seeing hummingbird on side scan, stick with hummingbird you know that's what you're used to i agree you know because a lot of times guys i saw guys do that they'd have multiple brands and it's it's tough because when you're on your trolling motor maybe looking at one uh interpretation of what uh down imaging looks like and then you're back at your console looking at a different you know yeah. variety sometimes uh you can get spun out and confused on that you know so having that i, I agree with you you know having that same stuff is is key of course i'm i got hummingbirds all around but i sure. but i love watching the work that you do and it, it's fun it's fun to watch and man we came here to talk about something that you're really passionate about and i know a lot of people watching are too we're, we're talking about uh swim baits and and your system on how to use them throughout the year yes sir so for everyone watching, if you don't know, I started True Bass Swim Baits in 2015 out of my house. And it, it all started because of I, I was using a swim bait on Tennessee River during the summertime. It was a seven and a half incher, and it was made by Hippo. I don't know if anyone here on the podcast has heard of Hippo Swim Baits, but they, I was throwing that seven and a half and just destroying ledge fish. I mean, if you got bit, it was a five to six pounder, and we would catch a lot of them. And this was probably eight years ago. So I got deployed in 2013. And upon returning home from my deployment in 2014, I couldn't, they went out of business and that 7.5 was just gone. And I bought as many packs as I could, but you know, those ran out really quick because they were very durable and you catch two fish and they'd be done. So long story short is I went and found a manufacturer overseas and um, found someone to make them for me. And I, the, the original intent was just to make them for me, but you know, when dealing with manufacturers, you're like, no, you can't get 50. You have to get 500 of each color. And I was like, well, I might as well sell them. So um, I ended up making a four and a half incher to go with it. And I was hand packaging here at the house. And when I designed all of the actions, I got to tweak them from the bass tricks, which I love. And I still love the bass tricks um, to something a little different that would catch them during different times of the year. And it actually turned out to be better during the colder months. And for anyone that fishes a bass tricks, you know how tall and skinny they are, right? And they kind of have mm -hmm. this snaky motion. So the biggest difference in the true bass, if you look at it, it's more circular, right? So the biggest gotcha. difference in, in true bass, and so this is a zoom right here. The zoom is almost identical to a bass trick. See how kind of fat, and you know, it's tall, you know, it's skinny and tall. And then comparison to the true bass, you see it's circular. So... This is going to have a hard kind of rocking motion, right? Now, the true bass, I call it a finesse hollow body. 
it just has this nice rock that just turns on its axis because it's round. And I, I think it looks so natural that they just can't help but eat it, at least on the Tennessee River. Now, we have people throwing them on uh, Lake Michigan, St. Lawrence River. I caught a lot on the St. Lawrence River with it. Um, they apparently they work everywhere, but they're not the only swim bait that works. And that's the reason I have a Zoom. I have a Kitek. I have glide baits. Um, I have scroungers. And I'm about to go over kind of just a brief one over the world on take you through the seasons on what swim baits I throw during what times of the year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let, do let, let's let's do off. it. Now, you know, and, and especially want to, because I remember you teaching us about the rigging of your swim bait. You had some unique rigging systems. I, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched to, to, for you to take us down this road. So let, you know, take us where, take us where you want to start. All right. So this, because we're in the winter, um, I think it's just proper to start with an A rig, right? So an Alabama rig is probably one of the most versatile ways that you can throw a swim bait just because the amount of variables you can put into the lure. Um, each lure you put on, it's a variable. And you don't have to put the same swim bait on the A rig, you know, all around. Now, for a nice profile, you absolutely can. If you're just starting out, I definitely recommend starting out with all the same color. And we sell, um, we have a minter that we make for it. It's the 3.5. And these are on eighth ounce true lock heads, three yacht. And the beautiful thing about the 3.5 and all of our swim baits is they're so stinking durable because we don't put any salt on our swim baits that this rig has been rigged guiding for two weeks and <laughs> still catching fish. So anyone that throws swim baits. Explain that. You said you don't put any salt in your swim baits. Why, why don't you? Um, because it keeps them durable. Salt, salt. I think, you know, there, there are certain baits like soft plastics dragging them that make them more dense and do different things. But as far as swim baits, I don't think there's any benefit to adding salt to it. Um, so I kind of did that in the beginning and I loved it mainly because I, I was guiding full time at the time and I never had to change a client's swim bait. And if I did, I was happy to do it because they caught 30 or 40 fish. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's a, that's a nice reward. And, and JK, are you, are, are, are your videos off? I don't know if you're still here with us, but I'd, I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize again for donating your Alabama rig to the bottom of Lake Gunnersville. Yeah, I know. It's okay. That one had been mauled by a striper on a previous trip, and somehow, remember, I don't know if you remember the night before, I was patching it back, just trying to rework it. So, it was done after that 40-pound catfish anyways. It's all good. <laughs> sorry sorry to interrupt. I had to, I had to apologize. <laughs> I think there was 15 baits on, on the back of his rig that I just threw in for him. Yeah. But, uh, what, what, hey, could you walk <laughs> us through that? I, I didn't get to hear this story. I've caught well, more stripers and catfish on it than I have bass. I'll just, it seems like just follow me around. <laughs> well, what, what happened, we were, we were fishing for, you know, he caught like a 40 pound catfish and this Alabama rig wrapped it around this giant catfish, had it hooked. Uh, every hook was in. <laughs> and by the time we got it undone, the, it was mangled, twisted sideways. And, and, and JK's trying to picture take a picture with a fish that was as big as him and uh i thought i would be the you know the helpful uh you know first mate i'd, I'd get the rig get all the get it cut you know all the fish the you know catfish slime off get the baits re-rigged get it bent back together and i'm reaching over to like you know dip it in the water to wash all the the 
catfish slime off of it. And I just decided to lose it right in the bottom of Lake Gunnersville. So it just it flat fell out of my hand and went to the bottom all fifty dollars worth of that. Work, so. Nice. All right. That's so a long time. <laughs> so, well there, done, so there you go. But that's my that's my Alabama rig story. And uh <laughs> it didn't mean to interrupt Ryan, but I just, You're just fine. Had to take that opportunity. That's a great story. My my favorite is when I get them hung up and then I get them back because it's definitely a lot of money. So, but speaking of getting them back, there's a big debate on to throw fluorocarbon or braid, and and I don't know if anybody can see, but that's braid left on this one. Um, my go-to 95% of the time is braid. The only time I'm not going to use braid is if I would be up north for smallmouth or maybe on Smith Lake when it's like 10 foot, eight foot visibility. But my main argument for it is that right there. Um, if, if they're not seeing that, I'm not too worried about my braid. Um, gotcha. the only, my main deciding factor between braid and fluorocarbon is actually sink rate. So believe it or not, even though braid floats um, with a weighted bait, it doesn't matter. It actually will sink deeper because it has a lower diameter, right? If I wanted to create more drag and lift on the bait, I'll actually go to 20 pound fluorocarbon. Um, otherwise, I'm throwing 50 pound braid because I can usually get this eighth ounce heads deeper in, in like that 10, 12 foot of water uh, on the on the retrieve rate that I want. Um, and I kind of learned that lesson in the Costa Championship on Gunnersville. I had always thrown it on braid anyways, but I learned the why of why it's better. I was fishing a 20 foot ledge with an eighth ounce rig, day rig. And my co-angler had the same setup. He was throwing little dippers and I was throwing true bass. We were just catching fish for fish. But all of a sudden, he started catching two and three to my one. And I was throwing 20-pound fluorocarbon because I was like, oh, it's going to be sneaky. You know, the only problem was I had to reel it so slow that right. or the bait that wasn't coming at a pace that the fish wanted. Or if I reeled it fast, it came too high in 20 feet and they didn't want it. So the braid let it stay at depth at the rate of speed that they wanted to eat. And he actually caught enough weight for, with me that day to win the tournament on the A-Rig. Wow. And um, Yeah, it, that was a really cool tournament, too, because he returned the favor. We're getting off topic where I am. He gave me this little frog. I had a, a frog that got me to my first Forcewood Cup. Um I had a frog, a uh, frogfish blowing up five, six pounder. I, I threw it at 20, 30 times. And I was, he's like, you care if I throw it at it? I was like, I don't care. I can't catch that thing. He hmm. throws in there, first cast catches it. And he's throwing the little baby spro frog. I mean, the baby one, the baby pop, something I would have laughed at. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I swear. And they just had this little pocket, you know, this little bitty grass mat, maybe eight feet wide that these fish were in, two or three big ones. He gave me one for the next day. And he said, you'll come back here and catch another big one on it tomorrow. I came back with the frog he gave me. He called a six-pounder. No. And that's that was the fish that got me into the cup. That's wow. too cool. Yep. Hey, by, yep. by, by the way, Livesey uh, has that uh, in his frog box, that dude. that little bitty baby. Uh, and it's a bad can... dude. And another yep. one that came out is the Booyah Pad Crasher Jr. That's a really good one. And if you watch me on lacrosse, I was catching a lot of fish on that baby Booyah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, so let's let's, uh, let's roll back into some swim bait action. Yeah. So a rig. Um, pretty much my go-to baits are going to be the True Bass three point five right here, or I'm going to be going with the Kitek three three. 
this is owl life, but Tennessee shad, sexy shad are all good colors. Um, but if you're getting kitex and you're catching fish on a kitex on the rig, buy five, six packs because you're going to go through them. And that's not a bad thing because you're catching fish because they're really soft. And you can really reel a kitex slower than any other swim bait. That's why they're so effective. You know, there's a lot of copycats of Kitek out there. And I'm not sponsored by any swim bait company other than my own. So I have no dog in this fight. But this one is the best because they are the softest. So this has squid, salt. This is an instance where salt, you know, helps abate because it just gives it a ton of action. Um, you can reel this, barely, barely reel it, and that tail will sit back there and kick. With Rage Swimmer, you can put them side by side. I've tested all of them. This one will keep swimming at the slowest of speeds just barely turning the real handle which when it's getting cold right now the water's in the low 40s this is the one i go to now once that water pops up and back in the the mid 50s that's the one i go to a little bit more action so and i'll give you another little tidbit for everybody watching 16th ounce heads Ooh. and crawl it and it's pretty much the effect that a jerk a suspending jerk bait would have it just hangs in their face for so long that they can't help but eat it so awesome great tip. well it's, it's a top seller obviously and and you know up here in, in the northeast i mean that that is just an unbelievable bait uh rigged in so many different ways but it's it, it continues to be a bestseller and at all the tackle shops are around all over the planet it seems you know oh yeah and if, if you're on the internet you know um hog farmer makes a great one but they're a little pricey the next best one for me is the young um the flash mob junior from the umbrella that one right there so if you're on tackle warehouse right now grab some of those i keep 10 of them on me at all times uh, uh i love it. are you are you allowed to throw that in the bpt no we're not no so when okay. i'm guiding i have 10 in the boat in case we lose them but yeah they, they always go out of the boat for the tournaments yeah the highest level you can throw it is the toyota series um that's the only like triple a level that you can throw it on you can't throw it in the opens you can throw it on the toyota series and the bfls so yeah i don't think you can throw it in, on any other pro trail so and i think the a-rig is getting to the point where it's about like every other bait but mm -hmm. it it is it is still something that just like a crankbait if you find unlock the key and you find the magic combinations of swim baits and action for the water temp and water color if you find the right combo on your A-Rig, you will outfish everybody. It is still that. Once you find the right combination. So I encourage everyone to play with different swim bait actions. Um, another one to think about is a grub. I, I like a grub in the center Ooh. during this time of year. I'll put like four contacts on the outside and a three or four inch grub in the center. I like Kalen's. Yeah, um, right on. To slow it down. It, it is something that you know, a grub's action in cold water just gets bit. It's, it's just like that true bass, right? That true bass has a, a, just a real tight wiggle. So they're eating that one. Out of all the Kitex, you're getting 90-something percent on your, of your bites oh, on, on the, the grub. grub. On the grub, yeah. Are you doing similar colors? Obviously, the action's going to stick out. Are you keeping it on the same color palette, or are you... Uh, sometimes. So it depends okay. on what I'm targeting. Um, Smallmouth, I might put a straight chartreuse one in the center, like like crappie chartreuse, yeah. bright chartreuse, um, uh, white. But one of my favorite, if it's clear, just pearl blue blue pearl glimmer. I think is what the color is. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. So winter, but, so in winter time, you 
Are you still fishing in the in the in the tail races this time of year? Oh yeah, for sure. And speaking of grubs, a grub is a great way to catch them in the tail race this time of year. Um, you just like we drift the swim baits in the springtime. We this time of year, you just go out there and you drift a grub and you bounce a grub on the bottom the same way you would bounce a Ned rig or a drop shot on the St. Lawrence River. But it, the only difference is it's six to ten foot of water. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. I love fishing down there, and uh, it's amazing to see the catches that you guys have down there. And uh, I would those, love those... for you to come sometime, Pete, and, and us catch some some of those big smallmouths on a swim bait in the current. Well, you know, I got to go to Texas this year. I might have to stop off on my way. You might. Would... <laughs> I, I would love that. The whole Bashu crew all pile into Riz's truck. And, uh, Come and on, that good. let's go. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> and okay, so I'm, as we progress kind of into that, I, that's the winter bite. That's kind of what I stick yeah. with. And if I do throw a single swim bait in the winter time, I'm going to opt for an underspin with like a straight tail flute for the no action, or I'm going to go with a finesse um, ball head jig like this. This one's a um, made by Scottsboro Tackle. It's a sniper head, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take the same 3-3 Kitek, and I'm going to throw it on 8-pound test on my spinning rod. And I do a lot of braid the leader. You can do straight fluorocarbon. Um, screw locks are my favorite. But with a Kitek, everybody, if you're watching, if you do not put a dab of uh, super glue right there, the Kiteks are so slimy with that squid, they'll actually rotate and not stay level. The, the biggest key in any rigging of a swim bait is keeping it level. And if it's not level and if it's turned or cockeyed or anything like that, it's going to have a weird swim. Now, on the off chance that that, that weird swim generates more bites, that's awesome. Because I've seen that happen before. Yeah. But you want something that you can replicate, which is why I want to rig them straight every time. Um, yeah, so that, that's probably one of the biggest tips. So like this one, I don't know if we can see it on the front. There's still dried super glue on there. This one is a chewed up contact from this summer on a ledge. And um, they they were so pressured that I went to a winter finesse technique and put on this exact head on the Kitek. It was at the Chickamauga event in that Toyota series I fished last year, and that, they were really eating that one. That was in the summertime. Yeah, and you just the pressure made you go. You wanted to go light line. Is that it, or just? Yeah, I threw it on. I actually threw it on seven. I was in about twenty two uh-huh. feet of water. Threw it on seven pound line. And threw that as a three eight ounce head on a three eight Kitek, threw it out there and just crawled it on the bottom and was able to get bit that way. Wow. There's so much fishing pressure on those ledges that uh, time yeah. of year. You know, it's uh you, you gotta come up with something special. Yeah. This you got it. Everyone I want to encourage everyone that's watching, you know, not only swim baits but crankbaits, get outside of the box. But when get outside of the box in ways that make sense. But don't don't get too crazy with it, you know. Um, not to say they won't bite red in the summertime, but just try different things. You know, when you're supposed to be power fishing, maybe power fish in a finesse way. So this is what I would consider power fishing in a finesse way. It's a swim bait, but it's a downsized lighter line swim bait. Awesome. Um, so, so kind so of going we, into the pre-spawn when the small yeah. mouth start feeding. Yeah, that's like now, right? That's that's good. Is it now or is it like in the in the March or what time of year are we talking about? We're talking, you know, that they'll start. So they they do this. It's like salmon. Um, the smallmouth we can kind of follow them up the river. We'll we catching them really good around the Rock Road, around Sheffield, and around the head of Seven Mile, and around all the islands and towheads. And then all of a sudden, 
you won't. And when they, what do you got to do? You got to follow the fish, right? And at, at, that's kind of end of February. And as we transition to the beginning of March, they start moving up from Seven Mile to around McFarland and down up those riverbanks where you're catching all the big ones. Then all of a sudden they start moving up about mid-March. And by the third week of March, they are thick in the middle of the tail race, just staged up up there, ready to go into the horseshoe and spawn on all those big boulders up there. Yeah. Wow. So knowing that movement, we that's kind of how we follow them. But depending on water clarity and whatnot, my main two baits on the Tennessee River, whether it's smallmouth or largemouth, is going to be the scrounger and the true bass 4.5 and citron um and and don't be scared to throw chartreuse blueback in clean water there's something about this color that just fish love even in clear water i do not know why i'm not a fish i don't know why they like it i just know <laughs> i get bit when I are throw you it. talking small mouth or all three species all three species mm. it's phenomenal um and what the beauty of it, though, is it does work great in dirty water and clean water. So if I tell, I don't know what to throw, I tell them to throw citron because it covers all the bases in one color. They can get bit in any water clarity. Now, I have to give credit where credit's due. Uh, when I was making all the colors, I asked Matt Allen what color I should make that he would like to see because he was a fan of the swim baits. And he told me to make this color. So this uh, color got made because Matt Allen told me to. But, cool. you know, obviously... So Zoom, you know, different companies have a bigger chartreuse line. Um, I worked, I worked a, a good bit to make to make the color pattern perfect. Because you don't, in my mind, you don't want too much chartreuse down the side. You want it to fade into that shad pattern and have a chartreuse and blue up top. But it's if you beautiful. get too much, yeah, hey Salty, hey, uh, trivia question for you: If 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 you had reached out to Pete Glusick instead of Matt Allen, what color swim bait would you just had in your hand? <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna go with Golden Shiner. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think Brian's going for black. Everything black. Okay. Hey, hey, Pete. I have a swim bait just for you. You do. Yeah. Oh. It looks like a black Seiko with a tail. I love it, dude. This color it. is amazing. So I actually, we made this because for swim jigs and chatterbaits, oh. but I also figured out. It works amazing in Florida, just belly weighted. How about uh, that? Ooh, yeah. But it's it's, it's just like penetration. It's got a black back and it fades to blue now you're on talking. the bottom. Pete, you need to take those to uh, Florida when you go fishing after the St. John's event. I, what hook? I definitely, right, is I that definitely a, do. Don't. Is that a four or five? Yeah, this is a little head four point five right here. And what hook when you for the belly weight? Um, so VMC makes a great one, but you got to change the spring. So get the owner spring, get the medium spring, and then get the five bot and five quarter bot. ounce. Five now bot. there's another one I use by VMC. It's the drop dead weight hook in three yes. thirty second. Drop dead. I love that hook. That's a phenomenal hook, and I think I also throw that in a four or a five bot. So like sometimes, like if I'm throwing it through hay grass and stuff, I'm just gonna put on the five bot, right? Because they're just seeing it bubble in the color and whatever. And if, I, if I'm trying to swim in it more or less, I put on the four off. Excellent. Hey, a question about, I fished on Pickwick. A buddy of mine caught a 29-pound bag of smallmouth in a Bassmasters tournament down there. What, what is, what is the, the record? Is that still standard? Or have you broke 30 pounds down there in events? What's going on down there? I have never done it in an event. Um, I've caught 
several, several 30-pound bags of smallmouth. My biggest bag of smallies is right at 32 and change. And Good. that was anchored with my PB, and it was an eight even. Ooh. And that was the year. So that, it comes in waves. Every fishery has cycles. And we were on the tail end of the, just a huge class of fish. And we were catching so many six-pounders that year. I put 20-pound line on every one of my clients' rods, and we were just boat flipping four to six-pounders. Like, we didn't care. <laughs> and and I, this particular fish, the eight-pounder, hit me. A lot of them will follow it. Like, in the current, you think they'll be behind a rock. No. They are just re-swimming out in it. It's insane. When it's really clear, you'll feel them kind of you'll, – you'll see them follow it when the sun's out in the middle of the day. But this fish hit me right four or five feet of line out, and I – I hooked him and I saw him and he was on, it didn't look like an eight pounder. It looks like a 20 inch fish, but like a six. So he starts fighting and I didn't let him do nothing. And as soon as he comes up to jump, I bring him in. And when I tried to bring him in, he hit the gunnel and just stopped. And I was oh. like, Oh my God, I shouldn't have done that. And I just <laughs> kind of banged him on in the boat. <laughs> and my clients were like, Oh my God. <laughs> That's huge, man. I can't imagine that. What, what a giant fish, especially in those, current situations man that's out of control yeah it was phenomenal that was the best day by far the best smallmouth day i've ever had in my life that yeah. that we had 32 that morning we went back for lunch about noon and ate at river bottom grill there at mcfarland park Damn. went back wow. out from like 2 30 or 3 o'clock till dark and we had another 27 pounds oh, <laughs> that's awesome. we're just sick of catching them oh my god those are the days man water, the water was flooding really bad and the perfect scenario to really wreck them is when they cut the floodgates off and as the water's dropping, but as the water's dropping, there's something about it. They go, you can catch them everywhere. That's awesome. No kidding. Yeah. So if you ever see that, a lot of people will leave, but I don't know. There's certain places that you can go and it's like they'll pull out of the middle and suck to the seams, you know, as it's falling. And you can just sit in a seam and just keep catching them. Wow. Wow. So you're just getting the flow still there. But it's it's not a lot of flow. Yeah. So the flow, you know, the, when I say the it was like the floodgates were on, you know, that will just shove water through the horseshoe like you see on the Bassmasters last year when Chris Aldane was up there. When they right. cut the floodgates off, all that all that heavy flow stops out of that one side, and the the main generators keep flowing water, and the horseshoe becomes still, and the main chute on the right of Jackson Island keeps flowing water. So those main current seams, as the water stops. The, the smallmouth that were in the the heavy flow start moving toward where the flow is then. So, and as they're moving, they, they seem to wolf pack. Awesome. Well, that's a neat, neat little trick. Shout out to Chuck McConnell who had that 29 pound bag in the Bassmasters tournament. And I know we're hogging all the questions, Riz. I, I want to, you know, who's on the IM board? Uh, uh, let's, uh, let's let some of our folks talk to Ryan. For sure. Uh, as always, we got to, lively crowd uh on the board uh, a lot of great interaction for uh for ryan being on the show the first question that i'm going to go with is from cabin fever and cabin fever wants to know what is the main reason that you will choose a hollow belly swim bait over a traditional style swim bait um and what are the conditions that'll make you choose that mm. It's a good question because I don't know that there's they're gonna bite one over the other, so to speak. I just know from fishing them that this generally gets bigger bites for whatever reason. So if I'm in the grass on Gunnersville and 
I just got a call come in. Am I still there? Yeah, you're uh, you're with yeah. us. Yep. Who, who was it? Travis Manson. <laughs> it was Travis Manson. <laughs> Shout out to Travis. So, <laughs> if I'm on Guntersville, like trying to just get some bites, I might offer uh, Texas rigging and pegging a weight with a little dipper, and I will generate just a lot of keeper bites doing that. Now, once it, you know, I, that's usually not my style, but on guide trips, I do it all the time. Like people spinning rods, I'll give them a little dipper or just a regular skinny dipper, and it usually just generates bites. A lot of one and a half to two and a half pound bites. But there's something about the action of a hollow body swim bait, and maybe it's overall the profile, you know, because it just has a more pronounced belly. It just looks like a fuller meal to me. Um, when you get to the smaller sizes like this, I don't think it matters if it's a hollow body or not. But once you get to a a four, four and a half, five, you know, five and a half like this, uh, I really think it generates having that air pocket in there generates a unique action that's just right. totally different than solid four. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's probably the best answer I can give you. Um, Good the action of, of the hollow body is going to be totally different than say a Scottsboro that has just a slit. Nice. All right. So, uh, cabin fever, you won yourself a gills gear, $25 gift card, uh, for that yeah. question. Um, oh, and I, 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 I just, I simply can't take it anymore. You keep talking about grass and stuff with this stuff. So I gotta, I, I I'm going to be a hog here, Pete. I'm taking the, I'm taking the microphone here. Uh, Ryan, if you were throwing swim baits, hollow belly swim baits specifically, uh, on a tidal body of water that grows a lot of milfoil, what would be your ideal setup? <laughs> mm. Well, I'm glad you asked, Riz. Because I know you, I know you messed with it at the Potomac. It might not have been the deal at that time, but I know, I know you threw it. So, <laughs> yeah, I tried it. It was the water was too stained for me. Okay. Once the grass gets up there, I do think that this will be money. Um, I'm just gonna take this color because it's out. Um, you know, like if if somebody was in a crowd of boats that they're all throwing chatterbaits and stuff, and you wanted to show them <laughs> something different, what would you do? <laughs> I got the VMC underspin. Yeah. And, and this one is yeah. HD bladed swim bait. It's a six aught. Now I have noticed with these, this is the size of my normal five aught. For some reason, I don't know if it's how the spring sets up and whatever. Now I would recommend getting the, the owner spring. The problem with these springs is they're too weak and they're not sharp enough. So when I try to screw this swim bait on there, the first thing you're going to notice it flexes. And when it flexes, when you're trying to screw this on there, it's going to tear. You want something that's solid and steel that's going to cut right into the swim bait when you turn it on there. But when you're done rigging it, it's going to look just like that. And that blade is going to be spinning just like that. And anybody that knows Buddy Gross, and I think I saw his name pop up while I was sitting here watching you guys on the intro. Um, he loves throwing a Scottsboro tackle on this setup right here. But I think he uses the uh, owner. Now, this was a new release last year, so... And I'm sure Buddy has played with these. This, to me, is just kind of a different look. It hangs a little farther back. Yep. It's got that kind of wire keeper there. So I played with it. I caught a lot of fish with these last year on Gunnersville, and I think is that it would behoove you to pick some of these up. What uh, what probably, size swim bait is that? Is that a 4.5 or 5.5? Five, five? This is a 4.5 on the 6-hot right there. So um, four, now, five, on, on the 5.5, on the five, five, I throw the 7-hot. And is that a quarter or 3 eighths? Uh, this one is a three-eighths, but they make them in quarter. It depends how deep you're fishing. So I was fishing this in five-six foot of water on the three-eighths. Okay. Okay. Riz, Riz, I got to say, I've heard this question from you 
every show so far. <laughs> <laughs> if you're dealing with a lot of guys, the heavy pressure from the from the Chatterbait guys, what can I do? <laughs> I love, I love okay, Riz, but remember love that question. what I said about the Little Dipper. Yeah. Do that. All right. Yep. Texas rigged a eighth-ounce head, mm-hmm. put a bomber stopper, you know, and then just like a three-aught hook, and then Texas rigged a Little Dipper, throw it out on eight-pound or ten-pound, and just wind it. And you're gonna get crushed. All right. Have you ever, have you ever taken it and taken the skirt off a chatterbait and just threaded it onto a chatterbait? Absolutely. I'm glad you asked that. Hmm. I I left my head. They're in the, that setup's in the garage. I wish I would have brought it because you asked that question. But it's the Freedom head. So Freedom yeah. makes a chatterbait head that is free swinging, right? Yep. And it comes with a a offset hook. What I want you to do is go buy that head in half ounce. And then go buy a three-aught or four-aught flipping hook, whatever you want. Take that whole rig off. And then what you're left with is a jig, is a head with a chatterbait blade. And then you take that flipping hook, just a round bend flipping hook, throw it on there. Because that's what's in these hooks. On the true bait, this is a five-aught Gamagatsu flipping hook. Or, or sorry, mustad. I lied. That's a mustad in there. So when you put that on there, it basically becomes a jig head. And I slide that true bass up there. And then the little keeper on the flipping hook sticks right under the chin, and you don't need super glue or anything. And that is one of my favorite, favorite things to do on Pickwick when it floods. And I use that color right there. How about it? Why floods? Just because it, it gets into that bank grass and stuff? When it floods, um, I, and so that's solid. When you're time you put a swim bait on Chatterbait, that's a big profile. And right. they make a lot of colors, but they make a gold-bladed one. And when you put that swim bait on that freedom head, it thumps almost like a Colorado blade. Because when the blade's going, the head is also going, and it's just a lot of... There it is. Okay. So it's not about the cover at all. It's about the fact that the flood dirties it up, and you're trying to give them a big profile and a hard thump, an alternative to a big thumping spinnerbait. I love it. That's that's juice right there. Cut that out. Yes, sir. Love it. I love, you know, we, you know, so many people, you don't see it that much where guys are stripping the skirts off their uh, vibrating jigs and putting just plastic trailers on, but it's, it's been effective by a lot of people. I, maybe they're not talking about it. I don't they know. Don't but, uh, talk, they don't want to talk about it. No, they don't talk about it. Just like you said, you know, the hollow bodies you forgot. I, a lot of the guys that do really well, keep it and you know, they hide it, you know? Yeah. A lot of people throw hollow bodies, um, but I don't know how much time we got. But I really want to get into scrounders. You know, I'm sitting there. We're we're look. I love this conversation, and you know, we we're. I'm thinking of my. We might have to do have you back for a summer and fall swim bait uh, session later in the season, man. Yeah, that would be great. I think that because there's so many little intricacies. Like you see, we can go down so many rabbit holes with the swim bait, and throughout season, there's so many little things you can do. And speaking of little things you can do, this is one of them. This is probably the most versatile thing mm. you can do with swim baiting. Now, as you can see, the, a, a traditional swim bait has a boot tail. This is just a straight tail fluke. This is actually a discontinued uh, Gander Mountain one. Ooh. Um, I have stockpiled these. I don't know where I can get them now. If somebody knows, let me know. I'll buy them from you. I love them so much. They really? catch them. It's a slightly bigger profile. And they catch the crap out of them. This was actually the same fluke I was using on Lake Murray on schooling fish. I digress. <laughs> I use it on a scrounger, and this 
this is where I learned it from uh, Smallmouth Dave. I don't know if anyone fishing has watched Scott Martin Challenge with Smallmouth Dave. He taught me this. And this fluke on this grounder catches so many big smallmouth in the springtime. Wow. Whether it's clean or dirty, it doesn't matter. And now it's really effective when it's dirty. You kind of see the leftover chartreuse on that. Mm-hmm. But that, that was really bright-dyed chartreuse. And it's so effective for the smallies because you can throw it out there in the current, let it drift, and get this down in the rocks if they're not wanting to come up and eat. So that kind of keeps it weedless, right? So we'll keep it down there just banging through all the rocks, and you will lose some, but it gets it closer to the fish when their strike zone is a lot smaller. Um, Now, that being said, I love to throw, if I can find it, a true bass on these. This is like a mod we figured out. Because our, our true bass colors work so well that we're like, well, we should, we got to figure out a way to, for that to work on this grounder. So I take this tail, I just tear it just like this. So you have a pintail. Oh. And I rig it like this. So now you have, anytime you're dealing with a hollow body, so you don't tear the nose down, wetting that hook, wet the hook, and then slide it up, it'll slide up easy, very easy. You gotta lick it. Oh my God, Brian. <laughs> so now it, it's a stiff, and, the, and that's the biggest thing that you want a stiff bait on these because you don't want something with a lot of action because it, it kind of fights the action of this. Right. The more limber it is, the more chaos is going on. It's not letting this do what it needs to do. The reason this is so effective is the same reason a true bass is it's tight. Like when it's wobbling, it's tight, just like this. Now, you're going to buy a lot. Like, there's a lot of different manufacturers. I'm going to show you. This one's a Lucky Strike. This one's a Scottsboro Tackle Sniper. Now, these even go, they have two categories. They have a soft bill and a hard bill, depending on the wobble. A soft bill is going to give you that tighter wobble. A hard bill, because it's a stiffer flex, is going to shift harder left and right. So, for what I'm talking about, I opt for the soft bills a lot. Now, once I get into the summertime and the fish are more aggressive, I opt for the harder bill, which gives it a harder thump, and they they use their lateral lines to find it, and they're a little more aggressive. So, springtime, we want to go with the soft bill. And you may find a few that don't run true. I seem to have that, sh- that problem with the Lucky Strikes. I think it's just because they mass produce them more, and they're maybe a little bit more cheap. Um, take a pair of scissors, and you... If you get one that's not running right, it's going to do this. You're going to be like, I, I won't ever throw a scrounger because it's going to sit here and do this. <laughs> yep. The first now, time I threw one, it did that. Right. And people will just chunk them and they're like, this is crap, whatever. Now, the one I don't have, and it, I, do. I don't have them because I threw so many of them, is a Staggerhead um, by, I think, Castaic makes it. But this, the Lucky Strike's the one we use a lot in the current. And we have to tune them just like you would a crankbait. And we buy 10 packs at a time because we may go through a pack and we can't tune it. But by the time you start trimming it, you trim too much off, it doesn't run. You got to throw it away. Hmm. Um, But the the whole goal is to shave the outside and make it thinner. And you want to keep that same shape of the scrounger, but just make it thinner. Because what's happened is it's, it's caught an edge somewhere and the hydrodynamics of it isn't letting it do this. So it's forcing one edge to stick out farther or, you know, it, it might be microscopic does. We can look at it and not tell, but it's uneven. So how do, you, how do you shave it? Get a very, very, very sharp pair of scissors and you okay. take it and cut it. And 
God rest his soul, Aaron Martins, he taught me how to do this. I used to travel with Justin Martins in college, and we'd stop by the trailer and see Aaron. He taught me how to throw these little ones. This one's a quarter ounce one. This one, I, and this one's made by Davis Bates with the shaky, the original shaky fish by Aaron Martins. And you can see, you see how the, the, the top of this one's different? Yep. So Aaron always would do this, always. And he taught Justin and I, and that's why they make them like this now, is because Aaron would do that. Uh, and so they started just cutting them how he liked them. Um, Good this move. one's a lot thinner. So you kind of see how wide that lip is on that one, sticks out. See how nice and tight and concise that one is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one, the Davis Bates, by far, out of the package, run the truest. So, if you just want to buy one brand, go to Davis Bates. Go look at their scroungers. It's called the Shaky Fish, and this one's a quarter-ounce one. And I just throw a straight tail fluke. And Aaron would sit down with me and Justin and show us how to shave it off. And, he, you know, anyone that met Aaron, you know how detailed he would be. <laughs> he would sit there and just cut and just make sure and flip it out there and reel it. Oh, that's it. And he would go so far. I, I, didn't, I couldn't find him. But... The original straight tail fluke, um, basically, he would shave it, too. So, if anyone's seen a straight tail fluke, it's flat on the top like this, and then it comes down to a kind of a cup. He would take the scissors and kind of cut down the edges to make it rounded on top. And then he would put it on the scrounger. And he, he, I watched him sit down. He was at the Elite at McFarland where I saw this. And he was in the current. You can go back and watch him. He has his motor trimmed up. He's standing on the front and he's catching smallmouth in the current. He's throwing straight up with that little scrounger and throwing these straight tail flukes on this little bitty um, scrounger head. And he was getting ready the night before and he was cutting 20, 30 of these flukes, just getting them ready. So that's how dialed in he was to being able to adjust the action of the bait on the back. Now, I tell you that to let you know that that's how important whatever it on the back of your bait is now in the summertime, I will put a boot tail on added action. Right. But in the winter, you want something that is very tight and they're going in the springtime. And that's why the scrounger is so, so effective. What, a, let me ask you about that. What bothers me and does it bother you? The, the discoloration that you get on that bill. Um, it seems like when they're come new, they're nice and clear. You, you leave them sit for a little while and they turn yellow and like just that like one. that. Yeah. So this one, I haven't talked about this one yet. This one is made by Scottsboro Tackle. It's the sniper shad. So this is the big one. This is the six incher. And this one's the five incher right here. You can kind of see the comparison here. Mm-hmm. Um, this one stays on the deck during ledge season. I might fire it in there first or second, you know, trying to get a big bite. But we can get in that to a later topic. But I just wanted to kind of show you, you know, just the different options that you have, you know. But the, the main thing in common is you want a straight tail on the scrounger. You want a fluke-style bait, unless you have dirty water or something. Like, I can totally see if you had dirty water, you could put, a, like, a, a full-size skinny dipper on it, something with a tail back there, kick and throw it up there shallow, just like you would with the chatter bait that we took the skirt off. It's going to be the same principle, right, you know. Heads kicking and tails back there kicking, so you got a lot of vibration. Um, but yeah, if you if you're just getting into the scrounger fishing, you want to just catch the numbers. This is the way to go. And I don't throw it enough. 
and it's something that I did in college that I really, really caught a lot of numbers that I'm prop. You'll probably see me on the BPT using this somewhere this year, probably Smith Lake. Um, mm. But you put straight tail fluke, just get the white one, and you will catch a lot of fish. Throw on a spinner rod. Yeah. Riz, if you're fishing behind somebody throwing a chatter bait, I think that might be a good way to do it too. Yeah, that would be a absolutely. Good one. Yeah. It's like the the finesse, the finesse version. When I yeah, man. When I co-angled in the choo-choo division, I caught a lot of fish behind boaters with that. Yeah. Dude, Ryan, man, I'm loving this conversation. I hate it, but we we gotta we gotta stay on schedule, and we're gonna have to have you back for part two. Yeah. Of, Can we please of, of swim baits? I, I, yeah, I want to I want to run this one uh, back. Yep. I can talk all day, you know, and I, I brought, <laughs> these are the baits that we'll talk about next time. I kind of, oh. I had the bull shad, I had the glide bait, oh. and then I had, you know, the big swim baits. Oh. And I, this is something else we'll get into is the dark sleeper yeah. and Ooh. smag draft. Well, yeah. so, them up for May and let's do a summertime, fall time deal. This let's is, do it. That, just forget how versatile these things are. And it's such a, Gosh, you could just throw some swim baits and be that guy and be just fine. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's no there's no doubt about it, man. Man, it's awesome. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us. And we're gonna be pulling for you, rooting for you out there. I know uh, uh I watch you on social media, but people that want to follow what's going on out on the tournament trail, how can they do that? Um, I'm posting a, a ton on TikTok these days. So follow me on TikTok. It's at Ryan Salzman. R-Y-A-N-S-A-L-Z-M-A-N. And if you like memes, you can follow me on Instagram. It's AL Bass Guide underscore Meme Lord. <laughs> and yeah. It, it, it sounds good. We'll all be watching, rooting for you. Thanks so much, man. And uh, I'm taking you up on that invitation, by the way. Come, yeah. come on down, Pete. I'm going to finish uh, packing when, when I get off here, and I'm leaving for Darbone in the morning. So have fun. Tell Michael I said congratulations. It was a phenomenal win. Hey, Salzy, thank awesome. you, man. That was yes, thanks, great Ryan. stuff, dude, honestly. And sorry we had to cut you short. Like Pete said. Yeah, right. And, and Salzy, if I if I'm in the state of Alabama one more time and you're out of state or we can't hook up or to go fish, whatever, I'm gonna lose it. So we're taking you up on that Pickwick <laughs> offer. We want we want to go crush him in the in the current. Salzy, what he's saying is if he's ten minutes away from your house, unlike some people, he's gonna call you. I text him every time. <laughs> he does. Now, Riz, he's the man. Uh, I love it. In I case you're listening, anyway, Travis. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. We're rooting for you. And uh, we'll catch up with real soon, buddy. Thanks again. All right, guys. See ya. You the man. Right. Solomon, everybody. What a great what a great deal, man. We learned so much. And, mm. oh, my gosh, we didn't get to it all. We, we, we just we couldn't help it. We had to ask too many questions, JK. It's too hard to go through the seasons like that and yeah. not – I mean, especially – Too big. It's too big a topic. You and I and Riz needed to stay silent if we were going to get through <laughs> too many questions, but a lot of juice, you know, the, yeah. the finesse stuff that he talked about going finesse in the ledges, the, mm. the chatterbait trick, you know, telling us what head to buy. I mean, guys, yeah. this, you can tell Ryan's the type of guy that tinkers a lot. He's a guide yeah. like you. He spends a lot of time on the water. So he, Taking He's notes. probably buying so many brands, and then he just figures it out. Yep. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Enjoy talking to him. A lot of fun. And, uh, guys, we have coming up Michael Neal. Just won a very, very stingy Rayburn 
tournament uh, with a mega bag on the on the finals. So uh, you know we got Michael Neal coming on. We're going to be talking about forward facing sonar, adjusting to falling water can or low water conditions, and a lot of great stuff by the MLF champ himself. He's going to be on. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Michael Neal. Moment on the water not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Tackle Warehouse is proud to sponsor the FLW Pro Circuit and is the official tackle retailer of FLW. Providing proven bass fishing gear as well as the newest and hottest tackle. Our friendly and knowledgeable customer service staff can help you every step of the way. And we offer free ground shipping on orders over $50. Tackle Warehouse. Everything for the bass angler at the lowest prices. Guaranteed. I have to be constantly on the lookout for new techniques to stay on the top of my game. Giant. Some have been more Giant. successful oh God, than others. Giant. The finesse fingernail. Happens every time. The chain gang. Oh ah, broke it off. The crow's nest. Never let go. And don't even get me started on tackle management, especially trying to stop rust and corrosion. Peanut butter. Hmm, I could. Motor oil. Gotta keep the rust off all these baits. WD-40. Gotta keep the rust off. Silica, toothpicks, Q-tips, the list goes on and on. I'm hard on tackle, I fish fast, I need my tackle organized and protected. I can't be worrying about losing baits to rust. And when it comes to tackle management, there's only one solution. Flambo tackle storage systems with Z-Rust technology. The original anti-rust tackle box. Uncompromised clarity. Renowned durability. The infused anti-rust option that is FDA safe and free of harmful chemicals. The organization options are endless, but there's only one. One box, one anti-corrosion technology, one family-owned American-made brand, Flambo. Z-Rust Tackle Solutions. Preserve, perform, repeat. 